Welcome in to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by Seeky for Thursday, September 3rd. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, and on today's show, I will be joined by Mike Neighbors. Now, if you haven't heard of him, he is an Emmy Award-winning broadcaster. He's covered the Saints, he's covered the Bucks, and he's really been ingrained in both of these teams that we'll see in week one. So, great conversation with Mike Neighbors. He also covered LSU. He spent some time in Tampa Bay. Uh, so, like I said, just really ingrained in both of these teams and has a lot of information. He'll also tell you about his video series, Errands, which is available on NewOrleansSaints.com, running errands with Saints legends. So um, a lot of new errands videos coming out this year, but there are a few available right now on NewOrleansSaints.com with Saints legends like Lance Moore, Roman Harper, a lot of interviews available right now on NewOrleansSaints.com if you want to go check out that. Quick note before we get into our interview, the New Orleans Saints, Pelicans, and the NFL Foundation announced on Wednesday a $500,000 donation to provide relief to victims of Hurricane Laura. It is the most powerful storm to hit Louisiana in over 100 years. The Saints and Pelicans have announced that they're working with three nonprofits, including Feeding Louisiana, Community Foundation of Southwest Louisiana, excuse me, and the American Red Cross of Louisiana. Louisiana to actively support Southwest Louisiana's storm recovery efforts. But there is a way that you can help. Not only have the Saints, Pelicans, and the NFL Foundation put their money forward, next week the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans will be launching a fundraiser for the three nonprofits I just named. Fans that contribute to the fundraising campaign will have a chance at a unique opportunity to virtually participate with Saints players during the Sunday night football matchup against the Packers on September 27th. So more details to come next week, but keep in mind that you can help the victims of Hurricane Laura, the biggest storm to hit Louisiana in over 100 years. So please help. People need your help, and you can put your money forward um, next week when the Saints announce that fundraising campaign. All right, let's go ahead and get into my interview with Emmy Award-winning broadcaster Mike Neighbors. Mike, we have uh, some new listeners ever since COVID-19 started, a lot more people listening to podcasts from all walks of life. Um, For our new listeners, can you tell them a little bit about your background in television and all your years in, in New Orleans and in Tampa? Well, I was really fortunate in my career in a lot of ways that uh, I've been able to cover winning teams. I mean, I started in New Orleans in 2006. Oh, by the way, the same year Sean Payton started, Drew Brees, they drafted some guy named Reggie Bush. And it's been an incredible run. And I I didn't know how long I would be working in that position. But but here I am all these years later. And it's been, you know, you've had a few ups and downs in those years, but a lot of ups, more ups than downs, no doubt about it. But before that, you know, covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers actually was – TV host for the Tampa Bay Lightning, did local news for years, but primarily have been with the Saints the last 14 years. So I have to ask you, the big question going into this year, who are you rooting for? Are you going to be more of a Saints fan or more of a Tampa Bay fan? I'm objective, right down the middle, <laughs> right? got to be objective here. I will say this about this opener with the Saints and the Bucks. Uh, living here in Tampa, but New Orleans is my home away from home. You know, I go back and forth so much. But living here in Tampa – They've never had a franchise quarterback, ever. And they've had them, but they've gotten rid of them. Like Doug Williams, they didn't pay him. Steve Young, they didn't really see the future. You know, you go down the list. Trent Dilfer wins the Super Bowl at the Ravens. They finally have a quarterback, not only a quarterback, 
but he's the best quarterback ever in Tom Brady, arguably, and they can't see him. I mean, the, you know the Tampa Bay organization that wants to sell all these tickets. Right. They've announced they're not going to have fans in the first two games. The fans can't see him in training camp. I know broadcasters who haven't met Tom Brady yet just because of COVID, so it's, it's really crazy. That those talks went with Tom Brady were happening right around the same time that that COVID nineteen really hit America. Um, what do you remember your thought process that time of like, oh, you know, is that that's never going to happen? That's kind of far fetched. And then when he landed in Tampa Bay, what was your thought process? It's funny you mentioned that because even when it was close, even when everybody was reporting it, um, I, I work with a lot of radio stations here in Tampa, do a lot of uh, interviews like this one. And I wasn't willing to commit until I saw the press conference. And then COVID hit. We didn't have a press conference. <laughs> we, had a, we had a Zoom call. Yep. So it, it, it was one of those things, if you've covered the Buccaneer franchise for a long time, and there have been so many downs with that organization. I mean, they haven't won a playoff game since they won the Super Bowl back in 2002. It's been a, a tough ride. So I think everybody was feeling that way until he signed the – the signature for the contract until they had the press conference, the Zoom meeting, whatever, nobody was going to believe it. So it's been great news for this area, but it's been kind of a tease in a lot of ways because they want more. Yeah, you always want more when it comes to Tom Brady. Um, I feel like there's a lot of ground to cover, especially when it comes to the Saints, Jameis Winston, the, the offensive firepower that the Bucks have. But the big news coming last night from Ian Rappaport, uh, the Bucks signing Leonard Fournette to a one-year deal. He spent three years with the Jags, had two years of 1,000-plus rushing seasons. You covered him in his time at LSU. Why the Bucks? Why does he fit? I think it's a natural fit. Uh, they have Ronald Jones, who Bruce Arians has said is going to carry the load for this football team. They have LaShawn McCoy, of course, the veteran. You don't know how much he has left in the tank. What they need is a Leonard Fournette, frankly. They need a proven guy who can rush for over 1,000 yards. And he's done it twice. And think about this. The Bucks haven't had a 1,000-yard rusher in five years. It's been a drought in terms of the backfield. And, you know, you can say what you want about Jameis Winston, and he struggled – you know, with interceptions, but he never had a proven running game at all. And that was a problem for him in all his years with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Tom Brady, New England, you know, you could say a lot about his supporting cast, but for the most part, always had proven running backs, a stable of them, kind of like in New Orleans where you'd have two or three of them. So I always thought all offseason, yeah, it's great they have Tom Brady. It's great they have all these weapons and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but they really need a running back. Ronald Jones showed some signs of life last year after really being a bust his rookie year. But I really believe Leonard Fournette is the perfect move for him, and it's the missing piece potentially for this Buccaneer offense. It's kind of funny because it seems like now the Saints and the Bucks are almost mirroring each other. You have future Hall of Fame quarterback, you have the wide receivers, you have the running backs. Like offensive firepower is almost there identically for both teams. But Mike, does it make you nervous at all uh, to see that he left? the Jags or he was released by the Jags and, and really they couldn't get anything for him. Does that make you nervous at all? Well, I think that's kind of the state of the game in a lot of ways right now. I think, you know, there were a lot of different situations while Leonard Fournette didn't work in Jacksonville. I used to work in Jacksonville before I worked in Tampa and before I worked in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people up there, you know, he had some off the field issues. He had some problems within that locker room. They're trying to reshape that locker room in a lot of ways, but production wise, he got it done, and he was a disappointment on the field in a lot of ways. And you think about it, I mean, Gardner Minshew is an emerging quarterback in that offense, but he was helped by Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, 
made some big plays, especially last season, helping him kind of grow as a quarterback. So I think if anybody needed to change the scenery, it was Leonard Fournette. And I think, you know, once teams know that a franchise is trying to unload a player, they're not going to give up the farm for him. And I think that was the case for Leonard Fournette. But going to the Bucks, I really think it's a perfect marriage on paper right now. And you would have to think, not that Leonard Fournette, like you said, production-wise, is, is needs to do anything more, but you would think that he might flip a switch a little bit because you're going to a team with so much firepower. You know what the Bucks team is capable of. So you might flip a switch and be like, listen, I came to a hopefully winning team. Might as well go out there and put some work in. No doubt about it. I mean, like I said, I used to work at Jacksonville back in the heyday where former Saints backup quarterback Mark Brunel was the guy in Jacksonville and they were one of the most successful expansion franchises around but they haven't won in so long they came close a couple of years ago and it looked like Fournette may have been that running back to take that offense and Blake Bortles when he was the quarterback over the hump but things just didn't work out in Jacksonville but yeah you're right this offense in Tampa is unbelievable and that's a big reason Tom Brady went there I mean he likes Bruce Arians but they're really when you look at it one of the best kept secrets in the NFL I mean they have Great tight ends. They have great wide receivers. I think the offensive line is still a very big question mark. That's something to look at. That's why Cam Jordan's been smiling this whole offseason, I think, a little bit. But the <laughs> running game, <laughs> exactly, and, and, for, and for probably good reason because he's going to face a rookie in that first game with their first-round pick. But I think overall, it's unbelievable the talent the Bucks have on offense. And to get a quarterback like Tom Brady and now Leonard Fournette, it's going to make that opener with the Saints that much more interesting. Well, we have to talk about, you know, another offensive weapon, Rob Gronkowski. I mean, you take a year off, you think he's going into retirement, he's shotgunning beers, he's doing the whole thing, <laughs> he's got the rock star girlfriend, and now he's like, oh, uh, Tom's in Tampa Bay, sure, I'll come out of retirement. Um, you know, but he's his first game is going to be in a fanless Superdome, um, and I looked into it, that I was surprised that Gronk has only gone against the Saints once, and it was in September of 2017. He was targeted nine times, six receptions for 116 yards and one touchdown. What in the world are your expectations for him in his first game out of retirement in a fanless Superdome? I love your setup, by the way. And if there was ever a player who was meant to play in New Orleans, I think it was Rob Gronkowski with that kind of right. setup. Okay? <laughs> but he's not in New Orleans. He's in Tampa Bay. Here, here's my thing. Here's my, uh, I don't know dark horse kind of pick this year. I think Gronk is going to contribute. He'll contribute in the red zone a little bit. Bruce Arians has said, though, this preseason, he's had a hard time adjusting to the humidity in Tampa. He's yeah. made reference to that, but he said it's gotten better the last couple of weeks. I think O.J. Howard's poised for a big year, though. I mean, Camp Ray and O.J. Howard were a great one-two punch and tight end for the Bucks the last couple of years, but O.J. Howard was a disappointment. After being that first-round pick, the Bucks felt lucky that he dropped in their laps, kind of like Marshawn Lattimore with the Saints. Saints were glad that they got a lot of more. The Bucs couldn't believe they got an O.J. Howard, but he's been a disappointment. And I've heard that, you know, he's, you know, maybe not worked as hard as he could have, but he's had an excellent preseason. And I think all the hype of Rob Gronkowski, I think he'll get his touchdowns in the red zone. I think obviously he's comfortable with Tom Brady, but I think O.J. Howard may be the X factor in a lot of ways for this Bucs offense. I think all the attention will be on Grok, which will open up O.J. Howard. Makes sense. Exactly, yeah. Um, so it's kind of – it kind of seems like new kids on the block versus the Saints, and I don't mean that, you know, obviously there are veteran players on the Bucks, but an entire new team. Do you think it's an advantage or a disadvantage in this first game because the Bucs are a new team with a lot of wrinkles, I would imagine, to iron out, but the Saints have zero film on them? 
You don't I have think, to say. I, I think it's a huge advantage for the Saints in every possible way except one. There are no fans in the Superdome. Yeah. And Tom Brady going into the Superdome, not having to put up with the Houdats and all the noise, learning a new offense. I know he's the GOAT to a lot of people, but he has said repeatedly this preseason for the first time in his career, really 19 years, he's had to learn a new playbook. And I don't care how long you've been around, even the Peyton Mannings of the world who had to redo the offense in Denver, it's an adjustment a little bit. So I think advantage Saints, but it will be interesting to see what the Saints defense does to kind of make up for the lack of crowd noise and the fact that Tom Brady and, you know, and his offensive mates can hear each other a little better without that superdome noise. It's going to be interesting. I feel like it's going to be battle of the benches because it's going to be who has the biggest hype men on their team, who goes the most crazy when you score, you have a big play. Um, hopefully we can take Saints uh, on that one too. Um, you alluded to it a little bit earlier, Mike, the, the Bucks' offensive line. Do you think they have enough to protect Brady in that pocket? You know, they pay a lot for that Buccaneers offensive line. I got to say, I think it's one of the most overpriced offensive lines in the NFL. And, you know, they have some talent there. But Donovan Smith on the left side, I think he's mediocre at best. He's paid like an upper echelon offensive lineman, but hasn't had that kind of career. And then Tristan Wirtz on the right side of that offensive line. He and Cam Jordan advantage Cam Jordan. I mean, I don't care how long, um, you know, how many reps he gets in training camp. He's a rookie. And Cam Jordan, obviously, one of the elite players uh, coming off the edge in the NFL. Ali Marpet on the inside and Ryan Jensen. Now, Ali Marpet's probably been the best offensive lineman for them uh, in the last couple of years. But Ryan Jensen, they paid him a lot of money to bring him over a center last year. And I think he was okay, but he, he wasn't worth the salary. So they pay a lot of money for that Bucks offensive line. It's time for them to kind of get what you pay for there. Right. Um, all right, let's go on the other side of the ball. Bucks defense. I feel like we've heard a lot of the, about the Saints defense, especially in this training camp, but we haven't heard a whole lot about the, the Bucks defense. I know the point of the game is to put more points on the board. I think that's how football works. Uh, but when, you, when it comes to Bucks defense, are you expecting them to be able to hold teams? I really do. I like what Malcolm Jenkins said a couple weeks ago, and he said, you know, he's not trying to – uh, insult anybody, but he thinks this is the best Saints secondary in the Sean Payton era, and that says a lot. I mean, with Jabari Greer and Tracy Porter, they won a Super Bowl, and those guys were very strong, but I, I do believe that, you know, Janoris Jenkins was a great steal for this franchise, and having him with Marshawn Lattimore on the back end, you know, on the front end, Marcus Davenport's coming back, and I think he's only going to get better. You hope he can stay healthy, and to me, that's the key for this Saints defense, is staying healthy. You want Davenport to stay healthy, and I haven't talked about the linebackers. Alex Anzalone is a great player. You know, covered him at the University of Florida, but he's had injury problems. But we've seen if he can stay healthy, he's an elite player. That's why the Saints went after him. And of all those guys in the 2017 draft, you know, the Lattimore's, the Ramchecks, the Camaras, many forget about Anzalone. And if he can stay healthy, boy, that 2017 draft class is just even better, and that Saints defense will be even better. All right, let's get into the fun stuff. Running errands. How has how is the errands video? What would you call it? A, a a vlog? Not necessarily a vlog, but video series. Errands. How has that been going for you? Well, if if the fans haven't seen it um, on all the Saints platforms, um, I host a series called Errands, where we go to Saints legends. We have them pick three errands of their choice. Could be really whatever they want, and we pick them up and we run errands with them. But the meat of it is the are the conversations we have in the car. Last year, uh, two of my favorites were Roman Harper. We went and got furniture. Uh, we went to Target 
and I got stuffed linens and candles for his apartment. And I'm always kidding about his gray hair, so we got a haircut too. John Stinchcomb, <laughs> John Stinchcomb likes kidding me. We went through a drive-thru, and I wanted to see if I could use the name John Stinchcomb to get any discount. It didn't work at all. Uh, I asked him, I said, what if I had Breeze with me? And the, the, the woman in the drive-thru said, well, Drew Breeze comes through here a lot, and he always pays. So <laughs> that was funny too. But we had you know, all kinds of big names last year. I think we've upped the ante a little more this year. We've taped four. Marcus Colston, we're going to unveil him. We have Archie Manning. We have Pat Swelling. And I just taped Morton Anderson, who was so much fun. I'll give you a sneak preview. One of his errands was tailoring his gold jacket. Uh, of course, he's a Hall of Famer, and he had many stories about how he's hurt his gold jacket, but the tailor has always rescued him. So we have fun with the Saints legends, great stories, fun errands. So please check it out on all the Saints social media platforms and on NewOrleansaints.com. Even simpler, you can go to NewOrleansaints.com. There's a little magnifying glass. You can type in errands and all of the errands videos will pop up right there for you. Uh, do you have like a, I know you have countless stories from doing that video series, but do you have one, if you were to maybe tell your kids someday like, oh, I did that when you have kids, but if they forgot about it. Um, that's easy because there's so many. I will say this, uh, riding around in New Orleans, and we have to be safe, obviously, during COVID. Right. We have our masks on uh, in the car, and we're social distant when we run the errands. But somehow, uh, driving Archie Manning and running errands with him in New Orleans with a mask on, and we're at a, a stoplight, and just thinking, is this happening right now? Am I with Archie Manning with the Saints mask on? It's really been an unbelievable experience. And, you know, it's been a lot of fun. I've really got to know these guys. I covered a lot of them for years, but I never covered a Morton Anderson. And uh, just hearing the stories, I mean, I think that's what Saints fans will appreciate, whether you're a Saints fan just starting in the Sean Payton era or if you've been a Saints fan for decades, the entire existence of the franchise to really enjoy this series. Emmy Award-winning Mike Neighbors on the show today. Mike, how can Saints fans find your content going forward this year? We'll have everything really that I do on Twitter. It's at Mike Neighbors, and it's N-A-B as in boy, O-R-S. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Aaron's. Uh, I really appreciate our partnership with the Saints uh, allowing me to do this, and uh, we're looking forward to many more. Woo, a lot of information covered there with Emmy award-winning broadcaster Mike Neighbors. Great to have him on the show. A lot of ground covered. We are 10 days away, just 10 days. We're almost in single digits from the first game inside the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, first game of the NFL season, Saints versus Bucks. I am ready for football. I don't know about you all. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, next week the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans will be launching a fundraiser for the three nonprofits, including Feeding Louisiana, Community Foundation of Southwest Louisiana, and the American Red Cross of Louisiana to actively support Southwest Louisiana's storm recovery efforts. That fundraiser will be launched next week. We will have more information available to you on NewOrleansaints.com, so keep an eye out for that next week. All right, we'll have a full slate of guests next week to keep you entertained as we slowly approach week one. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Today's show was presented by SeatGeek. I'm Caroline Gonzalez. Thanks again to Mike Neighbors. We'll talk next week.